Do I sound too much different, though, by the way? Uh, no, you, you sound, like, a little lower, but I'm guessing it's just because, uh, cough or... It, you said, like, what, sickness is going around your house or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not at full voice, you know. I'm, I, you can kind of hear that I'm kind of very deep. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah mean, we, I know, we, Ted. We, we, we've had a few episodes like that. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm always getting sick. That's what happens <laughs> with kids. But I'm in a different closet. That's why I've moved because um, Declan sleeps in our, our room, me and Sarah's room. Mm-hmm. He naps, and so... I was talking to Sarah and I was like, um, I, you know, I was like, oh, I got to put Declan down. And I was like, oh, where am I going to do the podcast? And she was like, <laughs> do it in a different closet. It doesn't have to be that closet. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It doesn't. I can go to any closet in the house. <laughs> no, my closet. Do it my in, studio. I, I, I really, I, I'm just picturing Sarah like saying that, like not yelling at you, but saying it loudly. Yeah. Just like, just do it in a different closet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> No, it was it was even like it was even more you know you're dumb than that. It was just like why do you do it in another closet? You know, like I should have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, like <laughs> just do it in a closet to closet. Like oh yeah, you're right. Like oh, my I thought, podcast. I thought my closet was special. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're rolling right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Oh my god, right. I, do, I, I always I, just I get to do that to you now. <laughs> I didn't even think what? of that. Oh I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's funny. Like as much as so, like we're, I'm, I'm still going through ZenCaster, but I always hit. I like I didn't hit record to like 15 minutes in last week, and so oh, really? I thought about doing it as like a fail safe or something like that yeah. in case something well, happens I, with I, that I, computer. But I mean, that's n- nothing smart. will. I probably won't need this. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Yeah, but anyway, so I, I just started on this end. But anyway, and I've got my laptop plugged in this week, so that's good. nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D- did uh, did. Uh, what I did at the end of last week's episode work out? Did you end up just putting your audio and then like kind of like in the donut that I provided for you? (laughs) Sort of. I don't even think I used your be good. I just took the complete ending of a previous episode. So (laughs) treasure hunters, if you want, you know, if you want to find, find out which episode uses the same ending as episode 65, a little fun, a little fun treasure hunt for you. (laughs) You'll you'll have to tell me like whenever we're done recording what what episode you took it from because I didn't even notice that. Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I forget which one it. Is. I don't even remember which one it is. So oh, treasure hunters, I'm afraid you'll never actually get the real answer. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And this week we're talking about the Sniffing Assistant, which is season five, episode four. But before that, we did have uh, some homework and house cleaning from last week's episode. And I was going to look up Woolworths because Jerry mentioned it as Woolworths glasses, um, which we came up with, or Ted himself came up with, much better terms for those glasses that you get at the grocery store. You can get them at Walmart or wherever your grocery store is, and they're just reading glasses with very you know minor prescriptions, and you just kind of try them on in the store and then take it. Jerry thought this was a preposterous idea. You should have to get an eye exam from a registered optometrist in order to get any glasses. He was incensed by the idea of people just getting cheap glasses that you can break and lose and just to read um, and very quickly. Jerry thinks glasses should be taken much more seriously, um, <laughs> but he called them Woolworths glasses, and I don't know why, but um, I, I really can't, I still can't find out if it's open. I was looking at it before, and there is a, uh, a section of the Wikipedia article called Decline, so I'm guessing that I can't tell when the last one closed. I, I have no idea. Oh, the chain, 
closed in the United States in 1983. Okay. So they were calling it Woolco. They shortened it to Woolco for a while. Oh, God. Okay. And the last one in the U.S. closed in 83. But wh- So why was Jerry still talking about it in, oh, wait, on October 15th, 1993, so finally we're in the 90s, uh, Woolworths embarked on a restructuring plan that closed half of its 800-plus stores in the U.S. Oh, so it was still open in 93, but they just closed a bunch of stores. Then it survived until 94, but then they were sold to Walmart. And then there's a store called The Bargain Shop in Canada, and those were former Woolworths. But anyway, so it, I, I really can't tell if there's any still around, but it seems like the answer is no. So what was it? Was it completely gone uh, by the time like this episode aired, does it look like? No, because it says in October of 93, and the episode aired in September of 93. And in October of 93 is when they tried to save this brand by huh. closing 800 okay. stores. So it was still around, I guess, at that point. But it was it was it quickly went downhill it, from it, there. I it was guess. definitely a fledgling uh, a, a fledgling store then, right? Yep. Oh, I found it. On July 17th, 1997, Woolworths closed its remaining department stores in the U.S. and changed its corporate name to Venator. <laughs> that sound, Venator. That sounds like a drug. Yeah. I, I See, I picture like a, a monster <laughs> like from a mystery science theater movie. <laughs> I am Venator. See, the, the first thing Venator, I pictured. Venator, the ventilator. The first thing I pictured was an ad on Lifetime. It's like, ask your doctor about Venator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or all the ads during CBS Sunday morning that we see are all like <laughs> retirement. Like, take a, take a European river cruise or whatever uh or venator or ask your doctor about thanks venator Venator. (laughs) (laughs) so there we go there's some answers about woolworths by the way i I don't uh care to research it right now but footlocker has something to do with woolworths oh really footlocker is a woolworths subsidiary in some way yeah oh god no idea how but Uh, that's for uh that's for extra credit and uh the other bit of homework did you get a chance to look at the candy bar again I, I looked at it in the the uh, art that you put up for the episode, uh-huh. but I, I can't really tell. I, was I on Team Payday? Uh, no, I think I was on Team Payday. You were on Team like oh. uh, Butter Baby Ruth. You were on Team Baby Ruth. No, That's no. right. I was on Team Baby Ruth. Yeah, yeah I was Team um, Payday. It's definitely a payday for sure. Definitely a pay. All right. Well, let me go look at this again <laughs> because I just looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I was on team baby ruth because i swear to god i see red on that not i'm almost positive um, it's an orange are we are we gonna get into like the levels of arguing back and forth about like what color the upvote arrow is on reddit is it red or orange yeah i saw that was going around again and i'm like come on man for some reason i was able to blow this thing up earlier but now i can't I have no idea, but somebody chime in. Somebody chime in on this and are, let us know. Are you team Baby um, Ruth or are you team Payday? Let us know. Tweet us at no hugging. I'll go back and actually watch the episode and <laughs> try to also, you know, get a definitive answer that way because um, you know, he, he's holding it to the back of the camera and you can only see a little bit of that that coloring, so I'll have to uh we'll have to check it out um later. So this is homework extended. <laughs> Uh, uh, I did have some other stuff okay. from previous episodes. Um, one, we, we never went over some, you know, uh, the Wikipedia trivia from the puffy shirt. And Larry David actually came up with the idea to use the shirt. Uh, you know, they, they wanted Jerry to look foolish on, you know, on national TV. That was the whole premise of the episode. Okay. And they're like, well, how are we going to do that? And it was Larry David's idea to come up with the idea to use a puffy shirt like that. And he cites um, the puffy shirt as one of his favorites in the series. And we both agreed that it is it's top notch, top notch Seinfeld. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a top tier episode. And here's something interesting too. So the puffy shirt is currently not on view, 
at the Smithsonian American History Museum. They do have it in their collection. So if you Google, you know, puppy shirt and Smithsonian, the the catalog collection, the collection catalog pops up and you can see like what's on display and what's not. And this is posted in the comments of that online collection catalog by someone named Julian. The puppy shirt history, it was originally made by a downtown LA clothing company called H2O. It was a copy of Prince's shirt from the Purple Rain movie. The shirts were made exclusively for a Hollywood Boulevard clothing store named Antenna. I sold the shirt to the show stylist for the episode. I don't know how much salt that whole... What is the saying? I don't know how much stock to put in that. A random... Co- but it just seems... Mm, yeah. Something about that seems believable, don't you think? Uh, I mean, all in all, it is a, there's a, a, lot a of- comment on the internet... So I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But there's a lot I, of interesting information in there, like H2O and Antenna Hollywood. I sold it to the hmm. stylist. It it does look like a the shirt Prince wears. If you put a blazer over that, you know, a purple blazer, you basically got a great Prince costume. So, <laughs> um, wow, actually, I yeah. See, now I, now I, that I'm picturing it, it, it does it does seem like something that Prince would wear. Yeah. I, I tend to. I, I'm. I'm going to say that that passes the sniff test. Um, I, I buy it. I don't know who Julian is, but but also you know. I, but then this this is what I always go back to with internet trolling. So maybe it is just someone who made up a story and just put it on this one weird section, weird corner of the internet that no one ever goes to. Like who you know? I'm like, why why do that for a gag that is absolutely never going to pay off for you? But I mean, that's the mystery of internet trolls. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Why, what are you getting out of this? Why did you make up a dumb story with like like references that sounded real? So I'm like. Like, never put past what people have time to do on the internet. Oh, for sure. I guess is the lesson I'm trying 100%. to get to. 100%. <laughs> uh, as far as the glasses go, the previous episode, the episode in the middle of this one and that one, uh, Rance Howard appears as the blind man in the glasses, and Rance Howard is the father of Ron Howard, the Whoa. famous okay. director, one-time actor. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> and uh, the theft of writer Tom Gamble's glasses from a gym was the inspiration for George's uh, whole situation in the glasses. Gamble's solution was to wear his prescription goggles, which is kind oh of funny. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Though so someone actually out there had prescription glasses uh, goggles. Um, and and finally, let me know what you think about this. A short scene revealing that Amy was in fact having an affair with Jeffrey was filmed but deleted before broadcast. Hmm. Okay. How, you, so how would you have felt about that? Like actually being uh, part of the know, episode? Yeah. I don't know. I because the gag is that obviously it's not, but you're wondering yeah. like the whole uh, duration of the episode, like what actually is George seeing, and if he does end yeah. up just seeing uh, Amy and Jeffrey, I, I, I don't know. No, don't no, know. no. It would still be that. No, it would still be that he saw a woman kissing a horse, and Jerry thought he was wrong. Here's the way I took that: that Jerry, you know, would think, oh, George saw a woman kissing a horse, not Amy cheating. But in fact, she was. And so the scene would be like, how did he know? I have no idea. You know, like George oh, still saw what he saw. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I that's the way I would see it. Oh, playing man. Out. I I don't know. I like that they left that out because uh, it, it it seems uh, more silly in the way that it did air. And it, yeah. it, it's more lighthearted in the way that it aired, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like we're still led to believe that Amy is a, a good person and that Jeffrey's a good person for that matter. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I like the way I like that they got rid of it too because um as funny as that would have been it's it takes the gag in a direction that you know makes jerry look like he did the right thing and i don't think uh, i as an audience member never want to see jerry having done the right thing you know what i mean (laughs) yeah 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 like i want to see him having broken up with amy 
for a totally like incorrect reason. You know, he he got her wrong, and she doesn't want to be with someone who thinks uh, that of her. If she didn't want to be with someone who thought that of her, and she was still doing it, eh, that makes her seem like a bad person. You know? Yeah. And I want to think that Jerry blew it with a really great person. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, uh, so I thought it, that was it. I thought that was interesting. Though. Did you have any other trivia? Any other questions or not questions? Any other homework no. or any other newsworthy bits? I believe that's it. All right. Uh, did you did you call it the sniffing assistant at, at the top of the episode? Is it the sniffing assistant? Uh, no, it's definitely accountant, okay. and I have accountant written here. Oh, okay. okay, I might have said assistant. Uh, okay, I well you. I, I think, certainly might. I think you said assistant. I'm like, wait, did I did I write down the the complete wrong name of the episode? <laughs> Because uh, I, no, I, 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 I've done I've done things like that before, um, but oh, okay. I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll uh, before we get into the actual name of the episode and the description. If you've never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. Uh, we like to do our research the week after, as though we are uh, assigning homework to ourselves. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. I think uh, Apple Podcasts is really the only place that you, you can actually review things. I've tried to review things on Stitcher or like on iHeartRadio, and nothing really works. Um, but I, I think Apple Podcasts is really the one. It's the main one. So if you're going to leave a review, uh, don't leave it on Yelp. Please leave it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you do that, we will send you a No Hugging and Learning sticker once we get them made. Um, I don't know uh, when that's going to be. Don't really have a timetable on that. But if you want to reach out to us and complain that you have not received your No Hugging No Learning sticker, you can do so. No Hugging No Learning Show at gmail.com or at No Hugging on Twitter. Both of those links are in the description. With that being said, Season 5, Episode 4, The Sniffing Accountant, original air date October 7th, 1993. I was 9 months and 17 days old. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see, worried about their investments, Jerry, Kramer, and Newman search for clues to determine if their accountant's unexplained sniffle could be related to something he may have snorted. Mm, I, I don't know if I like that. It's pretty I long. would have said that last week. If uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> gives a lot. Gives away a lot of, yeah. We'll, we'll see how we'll see if we can make it better at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. as usual. Uh, we start with a stand-up bit, and Jerry uh, going full... Uh, Republican on us, really, that government is like parents for adults. Jerry, obviously a, uh, you know, a, a small government fan. Um, and he then he says that, especially the IRS, and then he drops a ton of Leave it to Beaver references, which yeah. were completely lost oh on me. God. Okay, so yeah, like I looked this up. I looked up uh, stuff yeah. about Leave it to Beaver. The last episode yeah. of the television series aired in 1963, Ugh. 30 years before this episode aired. And also, because I, I remember loving the Leave it to Beaver movie whenever I was a kid. And I thought like, okay, oh, maybe yeah. maybe this came out around the same time, right? So maybe he's talking about like yeah. uh, an updated Leave it to Beaver. It's hot again. No, Leave it to Beaver movie didn't come out until 1997. Oh my gosh! Wow. So, so he's well, I can, definitely I can, he's definitely talking about the series thirty years uh, yeah. later. I can say with at least a little bit of confidence that Leave It to Beaver was probably running at Nick at Night uh, on Nick at Night at this point. You know, Nickelodeon at eight o'clock would start showing those old sitcoms. You probably don't remember this, Ted. <laughs> I, I I know Do what you're you? talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So you know, kids programming would stop at eight, and all these, you know, they'd show F Troop, and I, I'm sure Leave It to Beaver was in that lineup. So, but still, it wasn't like I guess it was. Would it be like dropping 
Seinfeld references to an audience of people my age now? No, like going, I don't even think that because no, Seinfeld be? is would... still like in the popular like lexicon. You know, I, I feel yeah, like it would be like yeah. dropping Cheers references. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Or I was trying to think of something Bob Newhart show or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, and and he he's like June. You're and then you're. Accountant is Eddie Haskell. Like I didn't even bother writing any of this down because I was like, "This is such." Yeah, I mean, like, like get ready. You, you know, we're you start com- with like government is like government's like parents <laughs> for adults. Like, yeah, like get I mean, ready. We're gonna compare for the sure Trump you could presidency pro- to '70s era days of our lives. Yeah, like you could le- legit do this bit word for word for an audience of boomers today, and it would probably kill. <laughs> Because they'd be like, oh, we got to go back to the days of Leave it to Beaver. Oh, you know, small no. government, Leave it to Beaver. That's what, yeah. <laughs> and I think it would kill. But, um, but and then he's, and then he, he goes for like such low hanging fruit when he's like, he references, so Leave it to Beaver, we can already agree, is an obscure show to us at this point to be referencing. And the, the references are completely lost on us. And then he mentions like two characters from the show, like Lumpy and Whitey or something like that. And he was like, you meet them in prison, and then something's really going to be wrong with the beaver. Yeah, like, like, what the... God. Good Lord. Well, so I do know enough about it that the dad would say to the mom sometimes, or the mom would say to the dad or something like, I think something's wrong with the beaver. You know, he'd be... Whatever trouble he was having that week, that would be kind of like one of the show's catchphrases. Uh So he was dropping the catchphrase, but I'm like... What do you mean? Like, what do you... What do you mean? You know, it's like... I I get that it's kind of an innuendo, but... You're you're talking as yourself and like you know beaver means vagina so like guys <laughs> don't have vagina I, I don't know I was like the innuendo gets lost immediately mm-hmm. and I I don't know uh, but maybe he wasn't <laughs> using it as an innuendo maybe he was like I I don't know it, it just the whole the whole thing was a mess can we agree on that <laughs> yeah oh for sure one hundred percent was a mess. <laughs> we open in monks uh, and Elaine is talking about her new uh, boyfriend. And she likes him, and he likes her, and he's perfect right now. And he's uh, an author named what is it, Jake Jarmel? Uh, like yeah, that? Jake Jarmel. Jake Jarmel. Yeah. Um, does that sound like another famous name? Why does that sound uh, so I, familiar, Jake Jarmel? Are you thinking of Jake Jarmelenhall? No, <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> Jake Jarmel. I don't know. Um, that does sound. That does sound like some like a way a boomer would screw up Jake Jarmel's <laughs> name. Like, oh, I love that Jake Jarmel. <laughs> Um, and uh, George says, you know, it's going so perfect right now. Lane hasn't found anything wrong with him. And George's like, oh, you will. Because uh, that's how they all operate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry Jerry is wearing a horrible sweater. Oh, yeah. He said he found it in the back of his closet. Yeah. And George says, that's what the back of closets is for. Are for keeping sweaters yeah. like that. Uh, you you caught the line at the beginning, right? Like, uh, Elaine was describing, like, how she met Jake. And she's like, I was wearing my slingback pumps. And George is like, what are those? And Elaine's just like, ask your yeah. mother. You live with her now, don't you? Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and she explains that he, like, um, you know, felt the material on her shirt. And they talked about what it was. And he was like, just reach for your your shirt and grabbed it. And it, and it worked on Elaine. Then uh, Elaine and Jerry, Elaine sees, I think, him out the window. Um, Barry Prophet, mm-hmm. uh, their accountant. Well, Jerry's accountant, she do- he does Elaine's taxes. And I guess Elaine's known him for a long time. She says since college, uh, a little bit later. And um, it, I mean, how on the nose is it? We find out later it's spelled more like the Prophet Muhammad than money profit. But still, to give your accountant character the name Barry Prophet. Oh, I good mean, Lord. I didn't, just... even, I didn't even pick up on that. Ha- I'm... 
Yeah, I'm actually first... really angry with myself that I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when they first said it, like Barry Prophet. I'm like my accountant. I'm like, oh God, uh, no. And ma- then we find out when we we see it spelled out later that it's P R O P H E T. Yeah, um, ma- maybe but... it's because I I always watch with uh, the closed captions on just in case like I, I miss something. Uh, maybe that's why uh, I I never like picked up the the profit pun you know yeah 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 <laughs> well even so i mean i believe there's a cnbc show called the profit that's spelled one way or the other and it's about a a guy who's good at predicting stocks or some junk i don't know i've never watched it but <laughs> um so they even have a show based on that whole play on words there um and so he comes by and uh, when he's talking to jerry he, he starts like sniffing a lot like uh you know just uh, uncontrollably and jerry asks if he has a cold and he says mm, no and then he goes right to the bathroom, and they all straight start freaking out because, like, George and Jerry and Elaine is kind of like, "What do you mean?" And uh, you know, they think it means he's on drugs. Yeah. So what? What? Uh, Barry Barry runs to the bathroom, and then is that when George gets up to leave? Yeah, yeah. George gets up to leave, and he's uh, got to be at his back at his parents' house. I guess they're having dinner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Elaine is. Uh, I forget like how she says it, but but she says like in a really mocking tone. She's like, "Don't forget to wash your hands before supper." <laughs> yeah, she's giving him a really hard time about moving back in with his parents. <laughs> yeah, like three episodes in, uh, and then we're at George's parents' house, uh, and they're having dinner, and George's dad got George an interview with a bra salesman he knows or something like that i didn't write down the yeah, relationship exactly uh, I, I don't remember like how he knew him but I, I did write down for some reason that his name was phil kasikoff because I, I thought it would come into play <laughs> later it, it didn't but uh yeah. it's just a, a a small detail right now yeah and then we get into you know a very funny and awkward scene with george and his parents about how much <laughs> george actually knows about bras and how prepared he should be when he goes into the interview. Yeah. And I really like this. <laughs> I, I've always loved, uh, you know, especially Frank Costanza's delivery of, of all this information, you know, because it's not what you want to hear from your dad. And he even, you know, it like, and also you don't want to look at your mom's bras as yeah. an example oh, of I, I did, the bra. I did also really like, uh, what, what's his mom's name? Estelle? Estelle, I, yeah. I, I really liked Estelle's delivery on, he doesn't know anything about bras. And George just looks <laughs> yeah, over yeah. at her real slow. And he's like, "Mom, can, can you can you not?" He doesn't say that, but that's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's what his face is like. Yeah, yeah. They they have a feeling that he's like, you know, very, very stupid and has never seen one in the wild. In, in, <laughs> in, in the wild, um, <laughs> yeah, in the wild. Um, and I mean, I love the you know where uh, he even waits for George's mom to leave the room before he starts <laughs> explaining about bras, something that George's mom definitely knows. Because so he's like, you know, so you know, uh, you know all about the cup sizes. It's like, yes, I know. And George's dad still continues. You know, he's like, you got the A cup. That's the smallest. Then you get the B and the C. And the D cup is the biggest. And George, I love this line, too. He's like, of course, I know the D cup is the biggest. I built my whole life around knowing that the D cup is the biggest. <laughs> and what? I, I can't remember if it's before this, uh, but George, uh, George's dad is like, do, do you even know what they're made out of? And George's like, they're made out of lycra spandex. And neither his mom or dad actually know the answer. But that's when his mom yeah. goes out to goes out of the room to grab her bra. And she brings it back. And his dad is like, huh, what do you know? 100% lycra spandex. <laughs> yeah. And then his dad also is like, uh, okay, so you got cups in the front, two loops in the back. <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, it's like, you know, they were trying to get him prepared for the interview. And they... 
wouldn't even be prepared for the interview. Oh you no, know, it's like it's just just hilarious. Like just what they think of their son, uh, the failure. Um, uh, in Jerry's apartment, Jerry is explaining to Kramer about the sniffing accountant Barry Prophet, and Kramer has some money tied up with this guy too. They went in. Uh, he and Jerry went in on a CD together, apparently, and Newman as well. I guess probably here's the way I think it went because I don't think Jerry would ever do anything with Newman. I think it went that Jerry and Kramer were going to go in on a CD together. And Kramer asked Newman if he wanted in on it and put all of that, you know, put a, put Newman's money with Kramer's and then told Jerry it was all Kramer's. And by the time it was all okay. in, it was too late. I, that's, that's just that's just my 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 fan fiction backstory of the whole <laughs> how they got involved in the, in the CD together, because uh, it seemed weird that to bring Newman into into play because mm-hmm. um, Jerry didn't mention that. At lunch, you know. Yeah, because Newman, Newman is Kramer's he's like, I, I, friend. He's not friends with Jerry. Yeah, yeah. He's more of just a, you know, just a neighbor of Jerry's. But the, he, like, Newman and Kramer hang out often, it seems like. Uh, and so Kramer, you know, starts asking Jerry, you know, starts, uh, you know, trying to get more information about whether or not he is actually on drugs or not. And he's like, well, did he use a lot of slang? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Did he say man a lot? Did, yeah. Did he use the word man? And uh, Jerry's <laughs> like... Uh, I don't know if he used the word man, but he, he did. He used the bathroom, and that was Kramer's like yeah. <gasps> moment. Yeah, J- Kramer gives a great over-the-top take on the fact that he used the bathroom. <laughs> um, and then Jerry uh, takes his sweater off, that horrible sweater we were talking about, this blue thing with like a – it's kind of like a scoop neck. I mean, it's not, it's not even a turtleneck. It's like it's a, it's a the worst, and it's a very big fur- sweater. All, yeah, it's huge. And Jerry also was wearing – a collared shirt underneath it. So this is a man who does not like air conditioning. Remember, and this is the way he dresses normally: <laughs> giant sweaters on top of a collared t- shirt, up t-shirt. Yeah. And, yeah, collared shirt. It's like cheek. Yeah, he asks Kramer if he wants it, and Kramer, before he can even finish the question, says yes, which I love. I mean, we've seen that before. <laughs> Kramer, it doesn't matter if it's free. Kramer wants it. Yeah, which I, I love that character. Absolutely, no hesitation on Kramer's part. Uh, over at Elaine's place, uh, she, uh, which by the way, I remember from last week, is on sale. Um, we don't get the exterior shot, though. Oh, that's uh, right. As far as I remember. Uh, Elaine's apartment. Jake Jarmel is there. He has cleaned up the apartment. It appears he has even cooked dinner. Uh, obviously, this is the perfect guy. Uh, he took some messages for Elaine. One of the messages is that Myra had the baby. You know, Elaine's probably like, oh, she's she's very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of thinks about it and goes, no, you, you didn't use an exclamation point with Myra <laughs> had the baby. And a huge argument ensues about whether or not Myra had the baby would require an exclamation point <laughs> yeah, at and, the end and Elaine or tur- not. Elaine turns it into this whole thing. Uh, Jake ends up saying like he doesn't use exclamation points because he doesn't like them. He's a- And I, I get his point. He's a writer. An exclamation point is a very... It, it's lazy, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. It, yeah, it shows emphasis. In a, and if you use them too much, you know, it, it ruins the effect of the emphasis of mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, I, I think this is a... I mean, obviously, really timeless. I mean, it, this was even before. I don't know if it was before email. I mean, surely people were emailing in '93. Uh, actually, I'm, now that I'm saying it, I, I don't even really know. But it certainly wasn't the you know texting and, and it, texting wasn't around. Forget that. But emailing. But I, it has become something that you need to put in texts, or the, you're worried the other person will read it as like um, like, hey, I'm I'm running late. Oh or, yeah, you, I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, the I, I know what you're saying. Like the uh, the point yeah. of uh, how is my inflection being perceived through text is a, is a very timeless message because you can you can text somebody like ha 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 lol I'm dying 
it, when you're just sitting there, like, yeah. not even making a smirk. Yeah, I think we both know what the, the other people are saying. Like, um, you know, like, like thanks for your help. Which, without a period, is like... Yeah, are, are you saying, are you thanks saying for just, your help? Or are you saying, ugh, thanks for your yeah. help? Yeah, that, thanks for your help. Or, <laughs> or or something like something like that, you know? And I saw a great tweet recently that was like, like, hey... This is an email from me, and, and every every sentence had a uh, exclamation point after it. It was like, "Hey, this is an email from me. Great talking to you." Here's a sentence with a period at the end, so I don't seem like a crazy person for using too many exclamation and, points. And here, talk and, to you later. And here's here's a second sentence to show that I that I am actually meaning what I'm saying. And here's my finale with an yeah. exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I always I always do that. I'm like, all right, two exclamation points, one period, <laughs> and an end with an with an exclamation point. Um, because yeah, you're worried about it coming back. Like, um, oh yeah, no, like oh, I'm gonna be uh, late. Oh, don't worry. With no with a period or no punctuation. <laughs> Is like you know, don't worry about it. But you know, that's um, uh, that's the trendy, that's the hip way to text now, and I've started doing that. And like, that's not is what it is not using any with punctuation. exclamation points. Yeah, not using a period or an exclamation oh. point, doing nothing at the end of your message, and like like that. That's never how I text whenever I was a teenager. But now, as a, a mid to late twenties person, that that's what I'm doing, and I hate it. But I, I've fallen into that trap. I would rather do no period. Uh, no punctuation than a period. I'm either going to do oh, yeah, exclamation 100%. point because exclamation point would be like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." That's exclamation point. Mm-hmm. No punctuation is, "Don't worry about it," and period is, "Don't worry about it." You know, <laughs> like period is like, "I'm upset," even though it shouldn't be. You know, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah. we all read. That's the that's the way we all write emails. I don't know if that's the way we all read them. Like when I see a uh, you know a uh, no punctuation marks in an email, I don't think. Oh, this person is upset with me, you know. But when when I write one without any exclamation points, I'm like, oh, I seem like I'm coming off like kind of a bitch. I, I better put some exclamation <laughs> points in so they know I'm in a good mood, yeah. you know. Yeah, or or an emoji or something. Yeah, yeah, throw an emoji in there, perfect. <laughs> or or a bitmoji. I'm still using those. That's right. I'm not giving up my bitmojis. Oh, God. I still like them. Even though I feel like those are probably out, huh? Uh, they're really only a thing on are Snap over? anymore. Uh, I mean, with the new 11 Pro. Uh, people are using like the what are what are they called? They're not animojis because animojis was the animal, but now like Grace right. will always send me like is an emoji like of her face. or something. Yeah, memoji. That's what it is. Yeah, and it looks like them. Yeah, and it's it looks scary. like whoever. Yeah, yeah, and she made one for me too, yeah. and I'm like, this is kind of terrifying. Yeah, I know Sarah did that when they sent out the OS update, but I, I don't know if she I don't know if she uses them very much, but. I feel like this exclamation point thing, you know, has only aged. It has aged pretty well, you know. Like I feel like you could you could punch it up a little bit for today's audience. Oh but yeah, it it plays really well, even better today than maybe it did back in '93, uh, because they're such a big deal. Because texting is such a big deal. Uh, over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry calls is calling Elaine crazy after she has recounted the exclamation point. Um, argument to him oh because jake has jake walks out mm-hmm. uh, we didn't even get to that that oh he, yeah he's, you know oh yeah and she's like i would put an exclamation point after this <laughs> sentence and this one and that one and i i wanted to point out to you uh whenever i'm watching it with the closed captioning they did they they put exclamation points after <laughs> all of her sentences <laughs> rightly so i i, I think um, i think that joke is specifically for cat if she's listening to this episode oh yeah um and so you know jerry says like george was right you, you know he knew you were gonna find something uh kramer comes in and even though he came in 
I think it was because he came in with Jerry earlier. He yeah. didn't get a round of applause. So yeah, like he's already people who been, are waiting for to clap for Kramer. Yeah, he's already been in the episode, and like, like this is his second time coming in. He gets his round of applause. He does like his uh, his weird Kramer like jerk around, you know. Yeah, his 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 Kramer entrance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, Jerry opened the door and came in with him in the previous scene uh-huh. that he was in in the apartment. So uh-huh. he didn't get. Everyone was probably disappointed. They're like, "Oh, Jerry, he's not supposed to open the. Door. We want Kramer <laughs> to open the door." All right, it better happen, and it did. And so he gets a big round of applause. Um, and so they all come. They come up with the idea to call him and see if he's sniffing on the phone. Uh, but when when they call Barry Prophet uh, to see. If uh, he sniffs sniffs on the phone, they found out he went to South America, which, as we all know, is where cocaine comes from. I, and by the way, yeah, I like apparently. I, <laughs> I kind of like that, just like the masturbation episode where they didn't say, you know, use any synonyms or anything for master. Well, they did use synonyms like but they used funny. You know, they never said masturbate. Mm-hmm. Um, they never say cocaine. You know, they'll. I think they've said they said they say drugs a lot or whatever, but it's it's kind of danced around, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know if that was a standards thing or if they were like, that's too easy to just you know, go out there and say Coke. Yeah. You know, they didn't I mean, even say that. It's th- like, let's true, just dance like, around it. When Newman comes in, uh, like right after this, uh, he, he runs over to Kramer, uh, seeing if like there's been any update. And then Newman turns <laughs> to Jerry and he's like, what kind of snowblower did you hook us up with? Which I, I, I think <laughs> yeah, is yeah. A, a great line. I think it's the, the perfect way to A, address they think he's on Coke and B, not yep. use the word cocaine yeah yeah it's the closest we get to it but they they do dance around it pretty well but i like that snowblower um and so oh by the way when newman comes in they all, there's also another standard seinfeld bit where he starts talking to kramer but he stops in the middle and because jerry goes hello newman <laughs> and then newman goes hello jerry so they they have to do that mm-hmm. but um then kramer comes up with the idea to set up a sting and i like this too where he says like ab scam jerry like ab scam yeah what uh, is, which what was is a, ab scam have you ever seen American Hustle, the movie? Uh, no. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. No, I don't and, think I have. Uh, it's really good. I think it won Best Picture when it came out, didn't it? Anyway, that's essentially the dramatization of the Abscam sting where the government set up a bunch of, like, they, they really did, like, just find a guy to dress up as a, uh, a dress up as a, a, an Arab. And so Abscam <laughs> okay. is short for Arab scam, I guess. Um, they dress up as an Arab and say he was going to invest in this city. And I forget who was, uh, and so the the Arab guy would like give a bribe to the representative that they called into the hotel room. And um, Elaine even references like, "What are you going to do? You're going to find a guy to dress up as an Arab and go into some hotel room with hidden cameras and suitcases." That was essentially what happened. So the the Arab would offer the guy a bribe, the guy would take it, and they would arrest him right there in the in the hotel. Oh, um, they did okay. this with a bunch of a bunch of different people. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I forget who you know what uh, what government entity was behind it, but. Uh, yeah, it was some seventy again, some seventies thing, um, but but I like that that Kramer is so excited about you know Abs Camp for some reason. Uh, we know he's we know he's a deep state enthusiast. You know he listens to a lot of talk radio, so maybe it was still a hot topic in ninety three. <laughs> I don't know, but I do recommend American Hustle. By the way, it's really good. Um, I hope I don't think I've given it anything away. By no, I don't think so. No, uh, everyone check it out. Christian Bale, <laughs> Jeremy Renner is awesome in it, and one more person I'm forgetting. Oh, Amy Adams. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. okay. They do decide to go. Uh, they're staking out uh, Barry Prophet. I guess probably where he works, waiting for him to come out of work and maybe go into this bar. I don't know if they knew what he was going to do, um, but Kramer and Newman in the back seat and Jerry in the driver's seat, uh, and uh, Barry does go into Pete's Tavern, which is a location that we've seen on Seinfeld uh, at least a few times. I think it might have been where Keith Hernandez took 
Elaine on their date. Oh, um, okay. And at least, and yeah, maybe even a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the exteriors they come back to a lot. And uh, um, whenever and whenever we're still in Jerry's car, before we get into Pete's tavern, is this a line yeah. that uh, Kramer says to Newman? Is this kind of a, a quote? Because I feel like I've heard this before, but this didn't really get much of a, a response from the crowd. Like Kramer saying, uh, asking Newman like what day it was, and Newman saying that it was Thursday. Kramer said it felt like a Tuesday. And Newman saying that Tuesday doesn't have a feel. Monday has a feel. Friday has a feel. Sunday has a feel. Tuesday doesn't have a feel. And Jerry's just trying to get them both to shut up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Kramer and Newman obviously are very excited about this. They're, I don't even know if it was this scene or a later one where they're like, you know, they're having fun on a stakeout, you know, and they're like, even say, we, we should be private detectives. You <laughs> I, know? I, I think it's this um, one because they're not back in the car together uh, after this, I don't think. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're very. And, and so I think they're trying to have a. You know, a hard-boiled cop stakeout <laughs> conversation. You know, <laughs> but they're they're really. But where you've heard this before, I think, is when um, one of our Twitter followers uh, was excited about us releasing an episode on Sunday, and I think they said Sunday has a feel or something like that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so okay. I think it was I think it was tweeted at us a long time ago. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you're right. You're totally something right. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how popular of, a, of an actual <laughs> Seinfeld quote it is, but it, yeah, it, it's, it's a uh, deep that's cut maybe quote. why it sounds familiar to you. Uh, so inside Pete's tavern, Kramer comes in and he is playing some jive talking character that he's come up with to, <laughs> you know, to make Barry comfortable enough to admit that he is snorting cocaine. Yeah, he's, um, he, he just yells and, to the bartender. He's like, I'll have a brewski, Charlie. Name's Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I love to. I mean, I laughed out loud. When he, you know, <laughs> he's sitting at the on the side of the bar, and the waitress opens up the bar and knocks him in the head with it. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I guess you know he just thinks people who are doing drugs are like use slang. I, I, that's what he's like leaning I heavily guess, on. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> like the number one thing. And uh, you know, he's like, I, I I've been known to have a brewski every now and then. I've been known to do lots of stuff. You know, he's just saying weird, ambiguous things like that. And Barry is trying to enjoy his, you know, whatever it is, scotch or something like that. And uh, this now, this is an iconic Seinfeld moment when Kramer, you know, a full beer is put down in front of him, and he has a lit cigarette, and he chugs the beer while the cigarette is still in his mouth. And you can see the cigarette lighting up too, which means that he's inhaling the cigarette. And drinking the beer at the same time. But before that, he goes, here's to feeling good all the time. <laughs> and then he does that. And then he, he kind of like lets out a little cough. But it was kind of yeah, like yeah. an alpha move by Kramer. Yeah, and this is this you is know? definitely our cover art for this episode. 100%. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is <laughs> anything, something that's on. Anything you know, else would be an injustice stuff. to this episode. Yeah, yeah. Barry is still sniffing. Barry starts sniffing, you know, with Kramer sitting next to him. Uh-huh. Uh, back in the car... Jerry and Newman are arguing about dento tape versus something else that Newman mentions. Did you know what was going on in this scene? Uh, yeah, I think it was just uh, Newman trying to like make some conversation. And but I, actually, I think Jerry talked to him first, and Jerry was telling him that he needs yeah. to use Glide dental floss. I'm like, is is this a there is this a go. sponsored joke? It, it, did did uh, oh, yeah. did Glide dental floss like? Uh, like buy out one of the writers or something. Uh, but Newman's like, no, yeah, I yeah. use it's dento. dento I use dento tape. He's like, dento tape is uh, dento tape sucks. And uh, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what yeah, to make I, of this. I it totally missed that they funny. were talking about floss. I, I totally missed that they were talking about floss. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't it's funny. Just, you know, it was just a waste of a bit. Or, but it does make uh, it, it does make sense for just uh, like um, useless detective chatter. Killing time. Yeah. Yeah, they're killing time. Yeah, they're just waiting for Kramer. Uh, and Newman wanted to go in with him, but Jerry was like, you're lucky you're here at all. You're staying in the car. <laughs> I might, oh, he says I might need you uh, to go get me a soda. Um, so back in the back in the bar, uh, Kramer and uh, Barry end up talking about South America. Kramer is kind of weirding him out. I didn't write down much uh, dialogue from this scene, except for the fact that Barry gets up to go to the bathroom and it kind of like you would to like cough, you know, when you cough and like bullshit, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like that's how Kramer kind of throws in. He doesn't do exactly that, but he does say I'm hip, you know, just kind of like. <laughs> Throws it out there like an exclamation, you know, uh-huh. not not to anybody, even though it was to like I'm hip, and he's like, I'm sorry, what you're hip to what? He's like <laughs> to the whole bathroom scene. <laughs> and then Barry says, "No offense, but when I come back, I'm sitting over there uh, in the car." Uh, Newman is flossing with, I guess, Jerry's preferred brand of floss, and yeah, he the, doesn't like it. And uh, he the, sticks it to Tim, the dashboard. Excuse you, it's the Glide Dental Floss. You you need to refer glide, to it by the, brand name. Because Glide Dental yeah, Floss yeah. obviously bought out one of the writing spots, and they inserted their own brand into this scene. And even though Newman doesn't like it, you you know consumers would be asking themselves, "Well, do I want to be like Jerry or do I want to be like Newman?" Exactly. Of course you be like Jerry. You don't you don't want to be like Newman, yeah. so you want to use Glide Dental Floss. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then he sticks it to the dashboard, which for a germaphobe like Jerry, oh, you can tell God, just yeah. freaks him out to no end. Like I'm not even a germaphobe, and this got me. I'm like, ugh. ugh. Oh yeah, I, you don't have to be a germaphobe to think used floss is just the <laughs> most disgusting thing on the planet. Like, oh, God, just just thinking about it it makes me sick. Um, In in the bar, Kramer uh, runs into the bathroom with a Polaroid camera and takes a picture of whatever is going on in the stall, whatever Barry was doing in the stall of the bathroom. Uh, And over at the bra store now. The bra uh, store. Or the bra, I don't know, office? (laughs) I wrote wrote the the bra interview. Yeah, the bra interview. There you go. Because it's definitely a big, it looks like a a big office building Mm -hmm. and stuff. But the, the, the... the dude's office. What do you say his name was? Kachakam? Kavakam? Something uh, like that? Hold up. I had it here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Phil Kasikoff. Yeah. Kasikoff's office looks like a I don't, I don't, I don't like think this is Phil Kasikoff, though. Like a, I, I think this is uh, Phil Kasikoff's oh. boss. I think Phil Kasikoff is the guy that oh. his dad knew. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So whoever's office this is did kind of look like a, a storeroom, like a general manager in, in a store or something like that. But no, mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a company that, that produces them. Uh, and George, you know, is, is laying it on thick, like recounting how much he would love how like selling bras is like his dream job. Apparently <laughs> he recounts seeing his first brassiere and just knowing that he liked it or something like that. Um, <laughs> and the, the guy even says like, you've got a remarkable passion for brassieres mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Did you, uh, did you catch yeah. the incredibly rough edit in George's story? Yes. There's a bad jump cut during yeah. his story. His like, hand the, the- is on the strap of the bra. And then in the next, cut it's off yeah, yeah and uh like it's a it's a different camera angle uh, just slightly uh like i i yeah. would say if you're looking at like angles it, it would go f- like maybe 20 degrees to the left if you're using like a like a, a, a protractor you know what i mean it, it just yeah. it, it just yeah, pans yeah. slightly to the left and his mic is slightly more clearer in the second one 
his his what is clearer? His mic. Like you can hear him a little better. Like the the sound quality oh. is different. It's I uh, thought you meant you could see it. I was like, "Oh, I totally missed." Uh, oh, like no, a no, boom no, no. or something in the I, shot. Oh, I wish. I, I wish. But no, like it's uh it, it just sounds different. Maybe it's cuz I'm watching it with headphones and closed captions. Yeah. Uh but it, it was just very jarring. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, and, and I, I actually went back and I the see. I was like, "Is that a that a, was a jump cut?" Tom, <laughs> maybe this wasn't a Tom Sharonis. Gosh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look that up in a second. Um, I thought this was hilarious too, where um, you know, so he gets the job obviously, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'll see you at nine Monday morning." And he was like, "If it's all the same, sir, I'll be here at eight. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious for George to say because we know how lazy he is. Uh-huh. Uh, over at the elevator, there's an attractive woman waiting for the elevator. Yeah. Did you recognize her? Uh, no, I didn't. Who is she? She's Krista Miller. I recognize her from the Drew Carey show. Oh, my God. Yeah, she oh was like the God. main wow. woman female lead on the Drew Carey show. Yeah, which is kind of funny <laughs> because we've had the other female lead, Kathy Kinney, who yeah. played Mimi on the episode. Uh, I think that it was maybe, no, it didn't kick off season five. It was one of the last of season four, but the one with the, the big screen TV. Yeah, uh, and yeah. And the Drake. She she showed up in that uh, scene. So, wow, uh, yeah, was... I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Do you remember what her character name in the Drew Carey show was? Kate? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it was, Kate. It was yeah. Kate. Oh my god! I didn't yeah. even didn't even recognize her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. So uh, and so George, like Elaine, pretty much convinced Jerry and George that the material bit, the feeling a woman's material of her shirt will like work, and you know, get, yeah, it, it'll work in. on like every woman every time. Which yeah, I, yeah. As soon as she said that, I'm like. Ooh, this is uh, this is a rough take by Elaine. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and well, George seems to have forgotten like rules one and two. Like rule one, be attractive. Rule two, don't be unattractive. You know, <laughs> like, I feel like that would have a lot to do with how the material bit, feeling the material bit, would be received. Yeah. Uh, but so he tries it on this woman, and she freaks out immediately. I mean, oh, she yeah. flips out on him immediately. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, she, and she, she reacts you're right, like she yells the guy. She reacts like any normal human would, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she she does yell the guy's name, the guy that was interviewing Mi- George, Mi- Mr. Um, Farkas. I think his name was Mr. Farkas. That's right. Yeah, they they say it like twelve times in that uh-huh. scene. I should have remembered. Also because. <laughs> Um, uh, this is maybe an extended universe thing, but uh, Scott Farkas is the name of the bully in uh, Christmas Story. <laughs> so it's it's a name that sticks out to me. Um, you know, so maybe Mr. Farkas is that. Maybe that kid grew up to become Mr. Farkas because I know a Christmas story <laughs> takes place like in the fifties or sixties or something like that. That's my extended universe fan fiction. How <laughs> they got from you know so, the small town uh, Cleveland so to Scott Farkas, selling bras in New York City. Scott Farkas grows up to be like the guy managing uh, this brazier company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big O. So he's calling her Miss DeGromland. Miss DeGronmont. And, oh, you see, okay, I was like, well, what's the company name then? It, it was like something and DeGronmont. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I wrote E.D. I wrote down E.D. Gromland cause, just because I couldn't hear, I guess. Oh, okay. So uh, the point I'm getting to is that she's, like, the head of the company. Uh-huh, yeah, I, I figured, like, she was either, like, the owner of the company or she's, like, family of the owner or, like, the heiress of the company yeah. or something, something like that. She's got some right. familial line to the company yeah she's got the same last name as the name of the company uh-huh. so yeah obviously you know, <laughs> he, he, he blew it yeah because she tells farkas like who, who's this pervert or the weasel she calls him a weasel at that point yeah yeah um, and uh, and he's like oh this is george costanza our new salesman and she's like he starts on monday he's like well either 
if he's here on Monday, you're not. Make a choice or something like that. And so obviously George has blown his job at the bra store. <laughs> and also, like, uh, uh, I know we didn't we didn't uh, pick up on it, like, whenever George is still in Mr. Farkas's office, but Mr. Farkas says to him, barring any unforeseen incident, you start Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great foreshadowing. I guess we should have known something was about to happen. Uh, <laughs> over at Pendant Publishing, Elaine is talking to Pittman, her boss, and she is in charge of editing uh, Jake Jarmel's new manuscript, and she has inserted a ton of of exclamation exclamation points in his new book <laughs> and Pittman's reading them as they, you know, so I put on my sweatshirt, <laughs> you know, as if they're there. He's like, I, I don't think they need this many. Yeah, so there, he tells her to get rid well, of all. What was the, the other one? It was like, points. and I, and I put, uh, and I put the quarter in the vending machine and the something didn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's a very frustrating uh, thing to happen. <laughs> Uh, but it, so, but Mr. Lippman also got all the exclamation points. Yeah, Mr. Lippman also hates exclamation points, so it's not Jake Jarmel that's the only person. Yeah, yeah, they're they're superfluous in this case. That we don't need them. So in Jerry's apartment, though, I, I like this bit. He's writing a letter to his accountant. Uh, Kramer and Newman are sort of all putting it together. But Jerry's like, you know, reading what he has so far. Like uh, our relationship is hereby dissolved, and Kramer yells exclamation point. <laughs> Uh, so they're putting in exclamation points into the letter and, uh, you know, and, and whatever the next sentence is, double exclamation point. <laughs> uh, and so they're, you know, they're, they they're want all their money back. They're dissolving their relationship, their financial mm-hmm. relationship. Um, and so they, they put the letter, you know, all together in the envelope with the photo of him on, in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That Kramer N- Newman, took, which Newman for some slips reason it in. Newman slips it in like right like behind Jerry's back, like right before he walks yeah, out the yeah. door. And they're both chuckling about it. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, there's a knock on the door, and it's Ralph with their pizza. And it, it seems like Ralph is a known, like, oh, hey, Ralph, what's up? You know, and they're known to each other. You know, mm-hmm. this must be their usual pizza guy. They're, what's the word I'm looking for? Familiar. And Ralph starts sniffing. He's like, just uh, just can't stop sniffing, much like Barry. Yeah, and I, I think and it was Kramer that points out, he's like, Ralph, do you, you got a cold or something? He's like, no, uh, I don't know. It just, uh, it, it, he's like, what's this sweater made out of? Because Kramer's still wearing Jerry's awful sweater. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I think it's, I think it's mohair. And he's like, oh, that must be it. I'm, I'm really allergic to mohair, so I can't be around it or, you know, this starts happening. And Jerry's like, I was wearing the sweater when I saw him in the diner. And Kramer's like, I was wearing the sweater <laughs> when I saw him at the bar. And so it was the mohair sweater the whole time. And uh-huh. Elaine, who has been trying to tell them <laughs> that he's definitely not on drugs. Because she's, it seems like she kind of vouched for him. Like she's known him for a while. They probably, she probably introduced him to Jerry, and now he handles all of Jerry's money. And uh, so she, you know, she's like, I, you know, I told you. On the street, Kramer uh, Newman is is mailing the letter because he was on his way by there anyway, and he lets a woman use it first. I'm pretty sure I should have looked this up. I think this is another woman who's been on the Drew Carey show. Uh, oh my god! If she hasn't been, she's a character. She's a character actress that's been in a ton of other stuff. I guess I'll have to write this down for homework <laughs> next week. But I, I've seen her before. Did you, have you ever seen her before? Uh, I don't even remember what her face looked like. Yeah. Um, and he. So Newman at this point tries the material feeling material bit, <laughs> and the woman reacts like any normal human being would, like yeah. you said, and yells for Johnny to beat up Newman. Newman drops the letter before mailing it on the ground. And this is where we see <laughs> Barry Proffitt's name is spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T, not P-R-O-F-I-T, uh, which I guess would have been a little too on the nose. <laughs> uh, oh, nose, on the nose, like cocaine. Uh. Uh, <laughs> back at George's parents' place, he's explaining to his dad 
why he lost the job, and his parents are laying into him about how stupid it is to feel a woman's <laughs> shirt to try to pick her up. Uh, they're super upset about it, making him feel like an idiot. Uh, over at Monk's, Jerry is coming from his lawyers uh, to meet Elaine and George because Barry is filing for Chapter 11. Uh, he's going bankrupt. And the whole catch is if Newman had actually mailed that letter dissolving their relationship before he filed, he could get his money back. But at this point, it seems like it's not going to happen. Do, do they ever say why Barry went bankrupt? I mean, no, they, they no, still they assume it's, it has to do with drugs. Uh, do they mean, still assume it has to do with drugs? I got that feeling. I, I think they do. But, like, is that a normal thing that uh, Barry's lawyer would say why he's filing for Chapter 11? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've never dealt with no anybody idea. filing for bankruptcy before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have no, no idea, but I, I get the feeling that, that J- Jerry says something like, in a, you know, in other words, I went to South America and blew all your money on drugs or something like that. <laughs> Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Something something like that. He describes it that way. And I'm like, is that what? Ha-? So I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that was Jerry just being angry about the whole situation and still thinking that, the you know, the guy is evil. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, now that he's going to be able I'm to keep ge- most of his money. I'm guessing so. I, I, I'm guessing it's just like a, a heat of the moment thing. Yeah. Sour grapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Newman comes in and uh, he's gonna about to go lay into him about not mailing the letter. And no one's getting their money back because of that. But as he goes to confront him, a woman stands up and tries the material bit on Jerry. And it works like a charm on Jerry because, A, the woman is kind of attractive and he's got a little joke all set up. You know, he's like 50% cotton, 50% linen, 50% silk. You can't go wrong. Something like that. (laughs) Um, And that's where the episode ends, which I thought was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It it was. um, Maybe they. it seems like they didn't have an end. You know, like it seems like an SNL ending where they didn't have an ending. And so they just kind of had to end it. They're like, well, what's he going to say to Newman? I don't know. We only have like 30 seconds. Like, (laughs) okay. uh Let's do this instead. You know, let's pay off the material bit. I guess that like that's mostly what it was for. You know, just like all right, we've been doing this material thing. This is the third time. Mm-hmm. You know, George tried it, hilarious results. Newman tried it, hilarious results. What's going to happen that third time where we take a left turn and oh, a woman tries it on a man, Jerry, and it works like a charm. Um, I guess that was that's that's the only thing I can think of. I guess, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was. Uh, it does pay off the material. A uh, bit of the yeah. of the episode, but other than like everything with the accountant, it's a it's a very lackluster ending. I feel like. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask you what you thought of. Well, let me just say we got one more stand up bit. Um, oh yeah. And if ever a job did require drugs, it's a boring job like being an accountant. He was like musicians and and uh, actors that you can't believe that you know entertainers you can't believe they would need it because their life is very exciting. But if you're an accountant and you're caught with cocaine or or any drugs. You should, they should be able to let you go because it's a very boring job. Um, again, it, it wasn't that great. No, um, it was. But the, it was the whole episode, not good. while it had its funny moments, yeah. It um, oh, and by the way, maybe this makes Jerry a libertarian, not a Republican, because <laughs> if he's for like, he's, I think that's what what I'm landing on. Like, he's for small government and legalizing of all drugs. Huh. Um, I think that's I think that's where Jerry's political leanings are. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that um, could be an entire like mini episode for us. Is just. Uh, uh, figuring out Jerry Seinfeld's political opinions. 
Yeah, so actual political economists, please weigh in on on where you think Jerry lands on the spectrum. You think we have uh, any you know, political economists um, listening to this show? Oh, I think it's most of our audience is political <laughs> economists. <laughs> I, then again, I, think, I, yeah, I think like ninety percent. I, I feel like uh, all of Twitter is a political economist to to an extent. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Someone someone's got to know. But um, yeah, as 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 there's a couple of great moments in this episode, but. It's, uh, I don't know, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I should clarify. Whenever I was saying it was not good, I was talking about, like, the, the final stand-up bit. Uh, but the, right, the episode right, right. the episode as a whole, like you're saying, I, I agree with you. It was uh, it was okay. It wasn't great. But it, yeah. it wasn't awful. It's going to be pretty easy to cut out of my, you know, top ten list. Your top eight. Line, you know. Yeah, my top eight, my top, my top six, <laughs> with an honorable mention, whatever it is. Whatever we end up with at the end of season five. Yeah, it's like... Uh, you know, it it had its it had its funny moments. Like here's the feeling good all the time, uh, and, and George's dad and George's dad describing the cup sizes, like that whole conversation. Um, yeah, pretty funny. But uh, the episode as a whole, uh, lackluster. Like you said, I would say. Yeah. Uh, did we have any homework? Uh, yeah, I want to find out who this actress was who yelled for her boyfriend Johnny to beat up Newman. Okay. And he wasn't able to marry the letter. Besides that, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, wanna did we want to come up with a better description? I bet we can. Let's try. All right. So we had worried about their investments. Jerry, Kramer, and Newman search for clues to determine if their accountant's unexplained sniffle could be related to something he may have snorted. How about, all right, read the first part and cut it off after you read the names. Uh, after In order I, to protect their investments. Uh, worried about no, no, their no, investments. Like start at the beginning. Worried about their investments. Yeah. Jerry, Kramer, and Newman search for clues to determine if their accountant's unexplained sniffle could be related to something he may have snorted. All right, Jerry, Kramer, and Newman search for clues to explain their accountant's sniffle. Mm. How, do you, how do you like that? Yeah, Jerry, what'd you say? Jerry, Kramer, and Newman search for clues to determine their accountant's unexplained sniffle? No, no, to wait, explain wait, wait. To their, explain their, accountant's, their sniffle. accountant's sniffle. I like it. Okay. Yeah, because that mean, that that it, that says the sniffle is unexplained. That's so, true. Yeah, in order, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what is it? Worried about their, I like worried about their investments. Well, okay. I don't even think you need that. That's sort of implied too. It's like it's their accountant. Yeah. So, so obviously they're worried about Jerry, their investments. Yeah. Jerry Newman, Jerry Kramer and Newman, whatever. Jerry Kramer and Newman search for clues to explain their accountant's sniffle. There we go. I like it. I like that. Yeah. I knew we could do better than that. <laughs> it just gives away way too much. It really does. And, and I mean, granted, that all happens in the first scene. Uh, where they, they find out their accountant comes in, he has a sniffle, they're wondering what it is. We know that Jerry and Kramer yeah. have money tied up with them. We don't learn that Newman's also involved for a little bit, but I, I don't feel like that's a detail that uh, you're really like uh, put out by learning in the description, but also it's just very, yeah. very long. Yeah, yeah, unnecessary. All right, so next episode, next week we got season five, episode five, The Briss. Original air date, October 14th, 1993, and if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry and Elaine agree to be godparents to a couple's newborn boy, but they're apprehensive about the about the duties they must perform at the baby's first religious ceremony. Eh, I, I don't hate it, just knowing what... Uh, uh, most of what I've learned about Jewish culture, I learned from TV, a lot of it from Seinfeld, so uh -huh. I would venture to say that a lot of America at this point didn't know what a bris was. 
Um, do you have any idea what what they're talking about in this? It's uh, isn't instance? isn't it a circumcision? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, it, I, it, I, I I definitely didn't know. It, it's a yeah. live circumcision. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, people come and watch. I guess uh, it might give away too much, but the fact that uh, but I like the way they call it a religious ceremony. Like, oh, what could that be? Let's tune in and mm-hmm. what? Circums- it, it, oh my it, gosh! Even though the name of time. the episode is the Briss. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, I don't think a lot of you know Middle America, let's say, knows a ton about Jewish culture. Like I certainly didn't. You know, no, I, like I said, true. a lot of it I learned from TV. So I, I probably learned what a bris was from Seinfeld. You think it was from this episode? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh I have, I have no other reason to know that. <laughs> yeah. So all right, that is uh, next week, and I guess that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, awesome. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. 